Hey guys, I got great news for you if you like fantasy sports like I like fantasy sports. Thrive Fantasy is a new daily fantasy sports app for prop bets. They have streamlined the drafting process and eliminated the need to do unnecessary hours of research by using only top-tier athletes. Instead of the traditional salary cap format, you build your lineup around a list of prop bets. For each contest, you need to choose 10 of the 20 prop bets, plus two in case of emergency picks that protect you from any late scratches or postponed games. Each unique prop bet has an over and under point value assigned to it, and you will be rewarded that point value if that prop is correct. So, for example, will Steph Curry score over or under 25 points? The less likely the prop is to occur, the more points the choice will be worth, and you build your team score around the amount of correct props you select. Guys, do me a favor. Enter promo code LAKERS upon sign-up to have your first deposit match $10 instantly, but it's a minimum $10 deposit. And you can find this on any of the app stores under Thrive Fantasy. How y'all gonna lose Kobe for LeBron? What? And Lonzo Ball? Nah, 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 nah. Step your game up, buddy. Welcome to the Lakers on Filter. 24 Black Mamba, yeah, you know that we kill them. Any team stepping up, yeah, you know that we drill them. Roger Josh, Jason, really wanna know your opinion. Uh, welcome to the Lakers on Filter. Welcome to the Lakers on Filter. Please don't come with that nonsense unless you talking that realness. And if you come with that bull, we let the world hear it. Welcome to the Lakers on Filter. Welcome to the Lakers on Filter. We really wanna know your opinion. We really wanna know your opinion. Uh-huh. Welcome to the Lakers on Filter. Right. Welcome to the Lakers on Filter. That's right. We really wanna know your opinion. Right. We really wanna know your opinion. Uh uh-huh. please don't come with that nonsense. Please talk realness. For real. Don't talk none of that stuff that they talk about on Sports Center. None of that. Seriously. Talk that realness. For real. Please. Gonna let the world hear it. Uh. Hey guys, this is Roger, Jason, and newfound co host Josh coming to you from what used to be the 16 and Counting podcast. We are now something new, something better. We are Lakers Unfiltered. Guys, make sure to stay tuned for some exciting news in the upcoming future. We're about to blow up. Jay, tell them where to find us at. You can find us on Twitter at Laker Unfiltered. That's all we got right now. There it is. All right, guys, with that said, Josh, let's get into it. Seeing as you're the new host, tell us, what are we going to talk about tonight? All right. First topic on the court. Let's go ahead and get into some Lonzo Big Baller Brand Tattoo Cover Up and LeVar. How you guys feel about this one? Jay, why don't you go ahead and sign off on this one because you know how I feel about I mean, the ball family period. Obviously, it's a good move for Lonzo to finally be his own man. You know, like this whole LeVar thing that's been hanging over the Lakers can now finally go away at this point. What do you mean, go away? Go away. You think LeVar is going to leave? No, I, LeVar's going no I think that Lonzo's going to shut that shit down now because supposedly he's his own man now, so we'll see what happens. Do you guys think that it's better just for the Lakers to rid the situation, kind of like how they deal with D'Angelo Russell, 
and start new, maybe acquire a veteran um, for him, maybe somebody dominating, especially since they said that Phoenix would be his preferred landing destination, Um, you know, maybe shipping him off to Phoenix for, you know, say, uh, I I wouldn't say DeAndre Ayton just because he's not proven, but, you know, maybe a couple nice pieces of Phoenix, maybe, you know, a couple nice draft picks from him. Uh, yeah, anybody at this point. I mean, oh my god, I, I don't know. Jay's on this ball bandwagon. <laughs> I mean, aside from steals, what else is he leading the Lakers in, Jay? And be, um, don't worry, just wait for it. No, that's it. Because the only other person that's leading the Lakers in anything right now is LeBron James. No, not true. You must be what? talking about. You must be talking about games missed. <laughs> 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 no, that still goes a long way. That still goes that, a long that's way. what he's leading the Lakers in right now. Games missed, huh? Barely, yeah, barely. <laughs> oh, I mean, but if we can get like a Devin Booker from Phoenix, that see you later. That's easy. Oh, oh yeah, that yeah, that is a no brainer. I just hate to trade him off and then see him actually um, get with a coach and start really capitalizing on his potential, kind of like how D'Angelo Russell is now. Um, kind of yeah. like how Julius Randle is. Like, we got a, not, a lot of nice young pieces, and I feel like um, if we ship them off and not really give them that chance to develop, then they're going to go develop somewhere else, you know? And it's kind of like we waste the draft picks for nothing. That's typically what we've done, because our coaching staff right now, unfortunately, hasn't really developed any of the young players, I mean, to the level that, you know, they're being developed in other teams. I mean, like the aforementioned people. I mean, but again, I mean, you know, call me crazy. I mean, Swaggy P, you know, come on, I'll definitely take that, you know, right now. Look, the problem is that we're trading these guys one year too too early, right? Like, they're, they're, they've all been drafted after one year of college. So yeah. they're not even getting that chance to develop here on the Lakers. If we would have kept Russell and Randall right now, We'd have a pretty solid team, even without LeBron. If we developed them. Yeah, but we'll never know because we get rid of them because because of the previous GMs and we had these really shitty contracts that we had no choice but to attach them to our good draft picks. Yeah. Okay, so who's going to develop this team then? I mean, that's very true, though, because think about it, man. At the end of the season last year, Randall was balling. Like, he was doing his thing, you know? And it's kind of like, you know, for the new regime just to really come in and just let them go and be like, you know, we can get something better on the open block. That's a hard thing to do just because it's like you don't know who you're getting, you know. You know you can resign him because he wanted to be a Laker, and you don't know who wants to come. I mean, look, we, you put your chips in for PG-13, and he decided he wanted to stay in the most boring city in the nation, you know. So it's like you <laughs> – you really can't where we put our tips in a basket hoping that or we put all our eggs in a basket hoping that we can do something and put everything out there and you know it kind of it kind of bites us in the end you know and we're losing a lot of good young players um for example Zubac we traded him for nothing oh. for Mike Muscala who <laughs> you know so you know that's 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 where that's where we're at right now and it's like why are we subjecting ourselves like, we're the Lakers, one of the most storied franchises in the history of franchises. Like, in not not just the NBA, but sports, period. 
And it's like we're subjecting ourselves to, like, some of the dumbest decisions, you know, over the past couple of years, especially after, you know, uh, Dr. Jerry Buss died. It's just, it just seems like nothing can be ran right. Now, that whole Zubac trade was, like, that's like a fireable offense for Magic and Rob Plink at this point. Like, I, they'd even called, called um, the Lakers asking for that trade. The Lakers called the Clippers for Mike Muscala, who has got like a DMP half the time he's been on this team. Yeah, it's craziness. It's crazy. Or let's trade for Reggie Bullock. Like you know, we're <laughs> you know, it's like we're not. There's nobody like. It's crazy because Cleveland was willing to let go of Kyle Korver, which they did, right? So it's like if we're going to trade, at least trade for somebody that's going to be able to knock down threes, you know, not for two guys that might combine to knock down a total of 13 three-pointers for the season, <laughs> you know? And it's like – and especially that, too, you got LeBron. LeBron was already used to playing with Kyle, Kyle Korver. At least he knows if he kicks out, he has a knockdown shooter, not a Mike Muscala who's at the end of the bench, and we traded one of our – who I think we built Zubak. When he came into the league, he was just so raw and just nothing. And yeah. look at him this season. He just started becoming into his own. One year too early again. Exactly. So what do we do next year? I mean, that leads me to the next question. I mean, do we have a front office issue? Do we have a coaching issue? I mean, there's so many open possibilities to different conversations right now. I mean, let, let's just start with let's just start, you know, with with our coach, guys. guys is Luke doing it? No, no, no. He, he's not. He, he's not. And you know what was crazy this morning? I was looking on on uh, ESPN, and the new favorite for the Lakers head coach is Jawan Howard, and which is crazy to me because the, the dude's never hmm. coached before. I don't know why he would be the favorite besides having that tie to Rob Palenka from the Fab Five. Yeah, true, but he's also in charge of player development in Miami, and Miami's not doing too bad. And he's also in charge of their defense, which they've had a top three defense or top ten defense the past three years. So maybe he brings a different aspect, which is defense, which the Lakers have none of right now. So we were better off having Mike D'Antoni as a coach. <laughs> you know, said no defense at all. But no, Luke is not that guy. Luke is definitely not that guy. Luke walked into a situation of an already made team at Golden State, all you had to do was just sit there and let them play. So yep. it's like, you know, there was nothing that really rectified him being the Lakers coach besides him having a tie to the Lakers. Um, but I want to see, to be honest with you, I want to see, like, Mark Jackson. I feel like Mark Jackson really had turned around that Golden State team and they got rid of him the same way we get rid of our players a year too early because Steve Kerr also inherited that team, you know. That team was built, and Mark Jackson, they fired him that year, and Steve Kerr came in, and that team was already, you know, on the way. So I think Mark Jackson, just because he brings a different style of play, and I think he's not going to be a player's coach. I think he'll be one of them coaches that won't bow down to LeBron, but then again, in the end, that could bite us because LeBron needs those type of coaches. So do you go with the Ty Lue because they have that familiarity, you know? It's a hard one, but I, I could see, see Jawan Howard joining the staff but not in a head coach. Maybe if he came and helped out with player development and defensive end on the defensive side of the ball, I would definitely agree with that. But head coach, it's going to be too hard for him to coach LeBron. Even though he played with LeBron 
and was down there with LeBron in Miami, it's all a different ballgame when you have to coach him. Yeah, I agree. LeBron is going to run most coaches out if they don't kind of, you know, how do I say it's the right way? Let him do what he needs to do. Kiss his ass, you mean? Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's there's, I mean, there's also, you know, Jason Kidd. No. Let's talk about no, that. that. I mean, you, know, you I don't, don't think, think Jason so. Kidd he, could do it? He hasn't been a good coach anywhere he's coached. Like, the, he he has no track record of winning. And it, I, as much as I want to get away from the Lakers just hiring former Lakers just because they're former Lakers, but, like, we need, like, an established head coach that is not going to take any shit from LeBron that is going to make him play hard. And I, I'd like, like Josh was saying, I think Mark Jackson would be a great fit for, for these guys to learn from. Or maybe we just go out and get Phil, you know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> bring Phil back. But, uh, no, serious, serious, seriousness, though, you're right. Look at Jason. Look at how, how well Milwaukee is doing now once they got rid of Jason Kidd. Yeah. And they're the same team, you know, the same the exact East. team. Yeah. So, and it's like they're doing well. And it was Jason Kidd was that X factor. And I just don't – I don't think he um, – that just because you were a great player doesn't mean you transition into a great coach. Michael Jordan was the, is the GOAT, but he doesn't – he's not a great GM, <laughs> you know. So it's like it doesn't necessarily mean you can transition into that, into that role. As a matter of fact, most of the great coaches were mediocre players, you know. Rudy Tomjanovich, Phil Jackson, they were just mediocre players in the NBA. Like they weren't, you know, great – Great players, like great players, none of them really translate into being good coaches. Oh, look at Magic. I think he lasted like 10 games. He's like, I can't deal with this shit. I'm out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 Jason Kidd, I mean, for whatever reason, I don't know. That just tells me, my gut just tells me there may be something there. The only reason they, know, regardless of, of him only winning 44 games. Whatever the most, I think that's the most he ever won in the season. I get it, but you know, him and LeBron, you know, back back in the, you know, um, what they play, you know, the, oh, not the, the Olympics, yeah, um, the Olympics together. Yeah, I mean, they have a relationship. I mean, but is he going to coach LeBron or is he going to be like, okay, exactly. LeBron, whatever you want to do? I already yeah. told you what LeBron wants. <laughs> See, but that's what that's what we don't need because we got to realize LeBron is on his way out. We need yeah. players to get developed. You know, we basically took LeBron on a on a, a four year lease of of something going on the downslope. You know, once you injure your groin, like once you have a a significant injury like that, it starts to tell spin on different parts of your body. You know, especially being in the league playing as many minutes as he's played as long as he's played. And I think he's really – he came out here with a specific plan. And I don't think that specific plan, because he know he was never going to beat Jordan anymore. He knows we L.A. fans weren't going to embrace him better than Kobe, right? So he came out here with a specific plan, and that was to get his kids into good high schools out here and to start off on his whole acting, producing journey. Like, that's where his – you can tell that's where his mentality is at. And it's like, he's a great player. He's a great player. And I think if he had the same mentality as a Kobe Bryant, 
he would be that much better because now he would be helping out the people that are underneath him, you know. Um, he's not a team player, though. And, like, that's what I've seen a lot this season is he's not – he gets down on these young kids, you know. And it's like that's why these – that's why the demeanor of the team just goes down. You have LeBron sitting away from, from them, you know. Like, I'm just going to go sit in the stands or I'm going to be way over here, you know, chopping it up with whoever's over here. And it's like these young kids, especially playing that we have on the team, they looked up to LeBron because they were playing in junior high, high school when LeBron was in the prime, in his prime, you know. So that's who they wanted to be like. I want to be like LeBron. I want to play with LeBron. And now that they got the chance to play with him, I don't think he's doing them any due diligence. Like, he's not helping them out any, you know, which in turn is not helping out the Lakers any. Yeah, and if you look at when when uh, he was his most successful in Miami, it was when Pat Riley told him, like, no, Spolster is the coach. you got to deal with it, and you just, you're going to have to play for him. And he had four of his best years. So, and like, whoever we hire, that has to come from Magic. It's got to be, LeBron, this is our coach. We're not going to do this one-and-done stuff with our coaches anymore. You're just going to have to – you're going to have to play for him, and that's it. We have you under contract. You have to play. Very true. Yeah, I can't, I can't disagree with that comment at all. So, I mean – Let's think about this, guys. So we get a new coach. LeBron, you know, comes back off his injury. He's had half the season off, better portion of the all-star break, and should come back pretty much strong and ready to go. What are we going to do in the offseason to attract new players? Who are we getting? What's realistic? What's realistic is probably like a Jimmy Butler on that range. I I don't really see us getting one of the top-tier Clay. Kawhi, Kyrie, KD. I don't see any of those guys coming at this point right now. I could see, I could see Clay coming if his dad can get a hold of him. But I don't. Also, don't know if his dad wants to put him into that situation. You know. Um, but I think, I think it's always been Clay's dream to be a Laker, and I think he knows that he can take over the franchise. Like I said, with LeBron on his way out, he can really make it his own because in Golden State I think he is you know tier for tier one of their best assets right besides sure. KD and he still is that he's that third fiddle you know especially now because KD is there so it's KD, Seth and then it's him you know and it's like what what do you do because I, I see I honestly see Golden State disassembling after this year I think there's going to be a lot of pieces that are going to be out there from Golden State. Um, you got Boogie. I, it's going to be hard for them to resign him. Um, you got Draymond, who's up for contract. You got KD, who's going to opt out. And you got Clay. Like, all those dudes need to get paid. So, all of them are going to want to get paid. They're not going to be able to pay them. So, I mean, with us having a max contract, I think we make a push, like a hard push at one of their top assets, you know, one of Golden State's top assets, because that's pretty much the only way you're going to dethrone them, you know. Um, barring, you know, them be, it being a miracle and then being like, you know what, everybody, we keep winning, we're just going to resign. You know, we're going to do something. We're, we're just going to have a crazy dynasty. Nobody's taking pay cuts like that. They're not. They're, NBA, they're, they don't have that Patriot motto. <laughs> they're not the New England Patriot. Yeah, that's right, yeah. <laughs> Jimmy, when was the last 
I mean, honestly, if you had to think about it, when was the last huge Laker trade? Pal Gasol. Yeah. That was it. That was the last one. Prior to that? I don't even know. That I mean, Kobe. Yeah, Kobe yeah, was Kobe. the last. Kobe. Yeah. He, no, he was. Yeah, but he got traded from Charlotte. Yeah, from Charlotte. Yeah, yeah. that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I know that he he was unproven. I'm oh, talking like, like a monumental. Nah. Yeah, like a mon, like a lot. The last like, oh, you know, we can't get rid of. I'm telling Shaq. But wait, Shaq came in free agency, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, was the, probably the last one before that was like uh, Michael Thompson. I mean, just to keep it real, like that that was probably the last one from the '80s, because we, you know, we don't really. We don't. We've never really traded for superstars like that. They've always just came to the Lakers. Exactly, it was a premier destination. That's, that's yeah, my but point. it's no longer that's that premier point. destination because of that. Like everybody says, it's, this is a hard city to play in. It's hard when you walk into somewhere. You know what I'm saying? And there's 16 banners hanging. Hanging. There's a stigma behind the Lakers, and a lot of a lot of guys will be cool with playing in these smaller markets and getting what they can get because now. The NBA made it competitive for these smaller markets to be able to offer them the same amount of money, right? With endorsements, everything. Yeah. They can get the same amount of money and are playing these states that have no taxes. So, like, that whole appeal of coming to L.A. is starting to kind of diminish, especially with us not really being competitive anymore, just for that simple fact, because it's a hard place to play in. You're super criticized. Like, keep in mind, LeBron was supposed to be the best player ever, and he's coming to L.A., and they were defacing his murals left and right. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's a hard it's place. It's a Kobe to play. town, exactly. It, it, it's a Kobe yeah. town, for sure. I think I think it's just like, like what Kobe used to say: If I have to convince you to be a Laker, you don't really want to play here, yeah. right? Like, like you have to know all what comes with it by putting on that jersey. That that comes with expectations. It comes with with the fans being fickle. One one day they're gonna hate you. The next day they might love you. It just depends on how you play that night. That's just how it's gonna be. That that's how it is here. As much as people think it's like laid back, we all show up in the second quarter. We all leave halfway through the third quarter. It's not really like that. Yeah, Laker fans are some diehard, diehard, diehard fans. Like it's not. Um, they're not okay. Like this franchise fans, well, fans aren't okay with mediocre. And this is also a place that, now keep in mind too, guys, you can come here and this can end your career, a.k.a. Dwight Howard. You know what I'm saying? Yep. <laughs> yeah, honestly, you can be at the yeah. top of your game. And if you Very come true. here and you're not at the top of your game, right, it will be known. It'll be shown because you're on prime time. Lakers could be the worst franchise in the NBA and they'll still be on prime time because they're the That's Lakers. Right. So it can ruin your career. You know, he's been on, what, four different teams since he's left here? You know, so it's one of these places where it's like, if you don't come with that right mindset and that I, I want to win championships and not be a little baby, like, it's going to ruin you. Like, and that's the thing about it. That's what LeBron is going to start catching heat. Like, I mean, he's already starting to catch it. But if we don't make any moves this offseason and if he doesn't at least get us into into the playoffs or maybe deep into the playoffs next season – you're going to start hearing the chance. It's going to start getting a lot worse. He thinks it's bad now. It's going to start getting a lot worse. Yeah, I completely agree. But we've also, I don't want to say uh, spoiled is not the right word, but it almost is. I want to say 
blessed with, with Kobe. You know, there's not any other player I feel in the NBA that plays with that type of mentality, that type of passion for the game. You know what I'm saying? Well, so to have him, his whole career play for us, yeah, we're spoiled. That, yeah, that's – I mean, there is one person that still plays like that, and it's Westbrook, but that's about it. Yeah. Yeah, Westbrook definitely does have that passion. That would be a guy that I would definitely be like, I want him on my team just because he, he's, he's passionate. Sometimes his passion is going go awry, though, <laughs> um, but he's passionate. But the thing about it is, like I said, like it's always been stated, LeBron has a young team. I think Luke did a lot of disjustice to the Laker team with um, with his rotations. Like, there was a lot of rotations mm-hmm. that made absolutely no sense. Um, so, I just don't – I don't think Luke knew how to coach them. Then you got all these veteran players in here that had, like, a different presence, you know. There was no – there was no gel. There was no chemistry. And you could really sense it, you know, and – there was nobody that was really – we had more chemistry last year with the young team than we did this year. So do you guys think that that's because all these old veterans were on one-year deals and then at the same time all the young kids knew that they were getting shopped for Anthony Davis and that, and that just kind of blew up the whole team chemistry? Because right before that, we were, you know, we were doing pretty well, fourth, fourth in the West until LeBron got hurt. And right after he got hurt is when the trade rumors came out. And then, like, it just all went to shit. Yeah. I definitely think that the the Lakers handled that situation wrong. Um, But then again, these NBA players, any professional sports player, anybody has to know it's a business, you know? Um, And that's all. Like, it's no hard feelings. Like, it's a business. Like, if you can trade for somebody that's in their prime that is a top – player like in the NBA it's going to you know it's going to be done especially when that player is putting out there that he wants to be traded um, I think LeBron's camp Rich Paul and them handled it horribly um, mm. and it did like you said these guys are young so these guys weren't they they're they're not used to that you know they weren't they didn't they weren't uh, used to that experience so I think they handled it wrong they could have definitely handled it a lot better um, but if you didn't know Anthony Davis was a sure thing, like, because Del Demps was not given no signs that that was a sure thing, and that's why he's not in New Orleans anymore, um, you can't really put that all out there. Like, and I just think there was too much information leaked. You never really hear about that much information leaked in any huge blockbuster trade like that. It just kind of happens. So for them to do it that way, like, and then keep counteroffering and keep giving them more and then, more and then more, it kind of yeah, it was like the whole exactly, team. Like that put a that even put a sour taste in my mouth as a fan. Like okay, like let it go. He's gonna be a free agent. You know what I'm saying? Or yeah. you're gonna you're gonna have to try to deal him during the summer. His value is gonna end up going down, especially because he knows what teams he wants to go to. So teams aren't gonna get rid of their whole team. Like there's no way Boston. Danny Ainge was not about to trade his whole team for him. That's why Boston didn't make a run. No. You know. But it's like why does why is Magic and Rob Pelinka doing that and sometimes I think that when you have too many large egos like that because think about it Rob Polinka was one of the best sports agents then you have Magic one of the best players all-time Laker you know then you still have the Bus family feuds with each other 
you got all that going on. I think it's just there's not enough. Um, nobody knows who's really running the ship, you know, and there's just too much stuff going on rather than when we had Jerry and Jerry was like, no, this is what's going on. This is how I want it done, you know. Yeah, well, Dr. Jerry Buss was one of a kind, you know, that that's, I don't know. I mean, that leads me to my next question. I mean, you know, do the buses relinquish some power? You know, what do we do with that front front office? I don't see them selling the team or anything like that anytime soon. Like, this is their family business. Like, as much money as they would make by selling it, I think that Jeannie's really trying to hold on to it because that's what her father wanted. You know what I mean? Like he didn't want them to just sell it and break it off in pieces. He he put everything in place for them to run it. Now, are they doing a good job at that? Absolutely not. They've handled it horribly since, since he, since he passed away, you know, I, and I, they just haven't put the right people in place to handle it correctly. Like, like, uh, like Josh was saying, they all have big egos. They're used to getting their way. So they don't know how to, they don't know how to handle the, the backdoor deals. They don't, you know, they don't know how to keep it quiet until it's done. Like when, when we traded for Pal, nobody heard one thing about it. Next thing you know, we got Pal Gasol for Kwame Brown. Like that was, that was a heist, you know, like by, yeah, by putting it out there, you're one ruining the chemistry, of your, your team, and two, you're showing that you really don't know how how to 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 GM and be the president of the team yet. You know, I mean, to 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 give them both an excuse as oh well, they're both rookies. They've both been around the league long enough to know how things work. You know, so that might be a change that we might have to look to look into in the future is maybe replacing Rob Plinka with another general manager who doesn't have all of this bad blood with the other agents throughout the the league. Well, let's look at it like this. I'll, I'll play devil's advocate right here. So knowing the fact that no team in the NBA wants to trade with the Lakers and knowing the fact that, you know, there's a big free agency pool this season and next season, but ultimately Anthony Davis would be a great landing point. would be a great player for our team. Do you really think, okay, yeah, so the chemistry did get messed up with the Lakers, but Anthony Davis declaring where he wanted to go, kind of cements that, whether it be now or later. It didn't happen now, but the way that situation ultimately came together and didn't happen, at the end of the day, he still made it very well known he wants to be a Laker. And who wants to spend money on someone who doesn't want to be But this is what we had to do as a front office. Magic and Rob had to sit back and say, we understand that's what you want to do and we'll let this play out. We'll work on this behind the scenes. You can't show your hand. You're playing poker, right? You can't show your hand. If you show your hand, that's when you lose, and we lost. <laughs> we lost in that free agency. But one of the biggest things for me is, like, like we're when we were going back and forth earlier, now, we had a chance to get Jerry West. Jerry West wanted to come back to the Lakers, right, after he stepped down from Golden State. Mm-hmm. We passed up on that. Jerry West took over the Clippers, the Clippers are 16 games over 500 and then the 60 in the West with nobody's on their team. He traded their best player, which was Tobias Harris. <laughs> I was like, you know, and you're like, well, and they got better. Exactly. What are they going to do? 
and what happened? They got better. But he did it for smart pieces, he, you know. And that's the thing about it is we put up, we'll, we'll trade all of our best players for one piece. So now it's LeBron and now it's AD. Who else do we have now? You know what I'm saying? So Jerry West knows how to develop these teams just like he did in Golden State. We'll figure it out. We're going to pull these pieces that will fit together. That's what Magic and Rob Pelinka need to figure out. You need to pull pieces that are going to fit together to make your team one solid unit, a team full of hustlers, because that's going to take you further than just two superstars. Everybody's banking on two superstars now. The Rockets have had two superstars. They're not winning championships, right? Golden State's doing it because they have four superstars. That's understandable. Yeah. Um, Yep. Five, really. Yeah, exactly. The Celtics, they had two superstars, three superstars. They didn't win. The Celtics actually played better when their superstars were injured. So yeah. it's like you're, they're building their team. We're trying to build teams off superstars, and that's really not the way that the NBA is going anymore. The NBA is going with all these teams that are full of role players and play, and especially bench role players that can get you that that um, over that hump. You know what I'm saying? These defensive players, these scrappy players. Patrick Beverly, he's one of the best things that happened to the Clippers. You know, like <laughs> Very true. we need it as much as I want. I hate to admit it. You're it's right. It's true. <laughs> we need that. That's what the Lakers need. That's what we need. Yeah, we do. And we don't have that. I would take him in a heartbeat. I would take him in a Me heartbeat. too. Me too. I mean, we had Jamal Crawford on the market. He'd come off the bench and knock down yeah. threes. Nothing. No play. Like there was so many. He went to Phoenix. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there was so many plays out there this year that we could have done, and it's just like they slept on all of them. And like I said, they go get a Mike Muscala and a Bullock. Like, what are they going to do for us? <laughs> you know? Like, I don't know. It's just, it gets frustrating because it's like, you guys are supposed to be NBA great minds. But us just as fans that are seeing it from the outside, how come we can see this and we can call it? You know? Like, yeah. yeah like, even during the summer when they made all those free agent signings, like, oh, we got Lance Stevenson and Rondo and we're going to get playmakers. What? When did that ever work with LeBron? Like, everyone knows he needs shooters. And then what were we trading for at the trade deadline? We're trying to find, like, the bottom of the barrel shooters, like you said, Mike Muscala and Reggie Bullock, who haven't really shot well since they've been here. Their team didn't even want them. Like you said, they were DNT half the season. Yeah. You know? So for their teams to even get players for them, they were happy, especially players that could help us out, you know? Like it just we made we made dumb decisions, you know. Michael Beasley, I think we're just literally filling roster spots. Like, hey, do you, yeah. <laughs> hey, do you still play basketball? <laughs> oh, you do. <laughs> cool. Come on, we got a spot for you. <laughs> like, you know. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> it was. I don't know. It was. It was, it, it was interesting but ridiculous. You're never gonna get as long as LeBron's gonna be in the NBA you're not going to get him to relinquish the ball. He's played with the ball in his hands his whole career for, as a kid. So it's like he's not, he's not an off-the-ball player. He can't be. He can't be. Um, LeBron needs to develop, develop a better post game, um, like Kobe did when he started getting later in his career. Kobe's fadeaway. LeBron needs to develop his fadeaway. You know what I'm saying? There's things that you, ha- that you have to do. You've got to tailor your game because you're getting later in your career. But at the same time, we also need to aid him in his game. Um, which did, it doesn't make sense getting more and more point guards because LeBron has to have the ball in his hand. He has to be able to drive and kick out. So if you're going to get players, you need to get players that are going to be knockdown shooters, you know, like 
we need a Scalabrini. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> that's what you need. You don't need a Biscali. You need a Scalabrini. We should have went to the big three and seen a Scalabrini. Why don't you come back? Like, that's the thing. Is like, we don't, we need the white mamba. Like, I don't know. I don't... White... Hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> we have Alex Caruso. I mean, that dude can play. I mean, we do. I mean, he's our best three-point shooter right now. So, so you know, with with the uh, with the team building concept that we were talking about earlier, do you think that we made a mistake by going after LeBron, knowing that he's at the end of his career, instead of making like a really hard push for Paul George? Yes. When we should have went after LeBron is when LeBron was leaving Miami to go back to Cleveland. Um, yeah, that was when you wanted to do it. You get players at the tail end of their career, and typically that doesn't work. AKA when we got Carl Malone, Gary Payton. You remember that team? <laughs> like, yeah. what did that get us? That, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Five game sweep. To, that was I mean, a five game sweep <laughs> by the Pistons. Yeah, uh, I don't know about that. I mean, I think LeBron and um, and mind you, this all goes to you know another conversation later. <laughs> you, you get LeBron at this point in time in his career, I mean, he's going to bring more to the team. You know, he should, there, there should have been more of an instant impact. But again, that all plays into so many other different factors. Do I think LeBron's like, you know, the goat like Jay believes? Hell no. You, you know, but I mean, do I think it was a good pickup? Yeah, because ultimately... In the next couple of seasons, we should we should hopefully you know win a championship, Look, and that should be under the. I, I don't want to cut you off on that on that point. However, when I made that statement, it was before <laughs> the season started, right? So it was before actually seeing it up close with my own two eyes, just like looking from afar and seeing how he played in the finals every year. Because I can watch every Cleveland game. Who wants to watch Cleveland play basketball, <laughs> right? So, so, so now that I have new evidence, I can update my my. Uh, opinion on that and okay but so so we you you understand now that kobe's better than well LeBron? now i know it's lonzo ball i mean he's the <laughs> see, <laughs> so see but, but we have to... i mean i i know i'm high but you definitely got <laughs> smoke so what's your excuse he's just fucking <laughs> <tweets> again. <laughs> um, fucking Jay. See, but one thing that lebron has to realize is every great player when they got to the tail end of their career, they had to evolve into a role player, right? They really couldn't be that dominant player yep. anymore. So he has to evolve himself into a role player. Otherwise, it's just going to be like when Michael Jordan went to Washington. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're there, but what are you doing? And that's what it's like. Yeah, you can't end your career like that if you want to be one of the best. Like, you want to go out on your own terms, um, and he's that, these are not going to be good terms for him to go out on, you know? The only thing I can say about the season is that he like, he's putting up 27 points, 8 rebounds, 8 assists a game. That's still really good. However, someone has to put up numbers on a bad team, right? True. It's going to be somebody. True. Like, you know, if, if, if you go look at Phoenix, Devin Booker's putting up numbers on a really bad team. If you look at uh, the Grizzlies, you know, they got Mike Conley put up numbers on a bad team. But it's, it's about can you put those numbers up and win? And right now – even with LeBron for the 55 games he played, we were only one game above 500. Now, mind you, there's a about a 20-game chunk of that season where Lonzo also didn't play. 
And that's also when the defense kind of went down the tubes is once Lonzo went out. I know you like to hate on him, Roger, but he really was like their best defensive player that they had this season. He was. Yeah, like you said, on a, on a bad team. Yeah, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. But, I mean, what else, what else did he do? I mean, I mean, and that, that's a huge point is defense. Which we had I mean, none of. Again, <laughs> they t- – they t- I, I agree, but they – the way everybody touted Lonzo Bars – He's this, he's that, he's this, he's that. At best, he's a good defender. Yeah. That, hey. No, that, that, that's look, it. Look, look. I'll give Nobody you said he was going to come in and be Reggie Miller or Ray Allen. He, he can pass. Uh, you, did, you, you did say a he, lot about Lonzo. He can rebound. He has good court vision. And he can play defense. Yeah, he yeah. has good court vision. Not a lot. He's not good, you know, on the shot. But he has great court vision. Um. He's an old school point guard. He he's not the the new point guard where there's scoring point guards. He's the guy that is going to make the hockey assist. He's the guy that's going to um get the rebound and get the go ahead pass to get the other guy open off the next pass. He he's not your he's not your typical uh, 2018 2019 point guard where it's the score first mentality. He just doesn't play like he, that. He's a, what he's a good he's a good rebounder. Because I mean, at, at a little over five assists a game, I mean, you have Rajon Rondo that, that is doing a better job than he is in that, and you don't even like Rajon Rondo, and I think that was a good pickup. I think that was by far, besides LeBron James, that was the best pickup we had last. I don't year. know about that. I, I just feel I just feel like with Rondo, he's really good when he's engaged. Then when he when he's when he's not, he just doesn't give any effort and. He was out for more, almost as many games as, as Lonzo's been out. He missed thirty some games himself, and that might be a, another reason why the rotations were all jacked yeah. up this year. Because, you know, that what we thought was the quote unquote starting five was only healthy for like eighteen games together, yeah. and they were like fifteen or thirteen and five in those eighteen games. So, you know, like it sucks for Luke because he got caught up in the crossfire, but you know, like. He never really had his full team healthy throughout the whole year to really see what they could yeah, do. Yeah, this is like the most injuries that the Lakers have had per, with players in a long time. Like, you know, with that many players going down. Um, and they, like you said, they could never really get that, that gel, that camaraderie with each other. But like I said, um, Lonzo Ball is going to be like a Jason kid. Like, that's what he's going to give you. He's not going to give you crazy scoring games. He'll give you good assist games. He'll give you good rebound games. He'll give you that toughness. He'll give you that hustle. But I, I don't think he'll ever become a scorer just because his shot was never there, and now they're trying to improve his shot or change his shot, and I just think it's too much for him to do. Um, but, like, I don't know. I look at the Lakers season. It's kind of like my dating life. Like, it looks good in the beginning, and then all of a sudden, you know what I'm saying, it just turns to shit. Like, <laughs> it just falls apart. It just falls apart. <laughs> You know, but next thing you know, she's <laughs> she take she's taking and shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, Good on paper, holding yeah, and that's what it was like. It looked great because it, it even tricked the Vegas. And if you could trick Vegas like that, because usually Vegas is pretty spot on when it comes to how seasons play out, but you can never account for injuries. You know, and that's the hardest thing is like I kind of feel for Luke because. You can't account for injuries like that, you know, especially for your best players to be out. Um, and nobody to ever get it. Like, you know, Kuzma missing games and B.I. being out. Like, 
these are major injuries, mm. and it's just like, yeah, what do you do? Oh, there, there it goes. Ingram. There it goes. Ingram only, there it is, this guy. Ingram only played in, this what, 50, 52 games this year? More games than Lonzo. Lonzo played in 47, <laughs> and he had a bigger impact like, on the team. Okay, so what, what's the greater no, number? No, but Thank you. he had a bigger impact on the team impact. Than, than Brandon Ingram did. Oh. <laughs> Look at the defensive numbers. It went from a top five defense okay. to the last in the league once Lonzo got hurt. Where was Brandon Ingram's defense? Non-existent. You know, he's he's not the best defender. Right. I'll give Th- you, like you, I said, you. I'll give I'll give you that. Th- but that's what all else can't you say good about Brandon Ingram? Brandon Ingram, I mean, are you kidding me? The kid's a freak. He's passive. And again, okay, we he's passive. Yeah, he's passive. Did you did, did you see a little man chest this season? Or was I just when was that? that? One time at the first game after that, he he just. He just fades off into the corner. So he started to pick it up after the All Star break. I'll give him that. But for those other fifty games he played in, as, I mean, as long as he is, he should be a great defender. As long as he is, he should yeah, be a great he defender. Be. Um, but this is what I was saying. I was telling a guy earlier, Brandon Ingram. To me, it's either he adds on more weight or he learns a Taylor's game like Kevin Durant. That's all he can do. Like it's just. It's, it's either yep. or, you know what I'm saying? You got to add on more weight so you can bang down in the post and develop your mid-range game, or you got to tell your game like Kevin Durant. You've got to get in the gym and start shooting a thousand threes a day to really get your three-pointer on so you're a threat on the outside and then you can drive off the dribble and take it inside. But without that, he's going – I mean, when he's banging it down low, he's banging up against guys that are bigger than him, you know what I'm saying? Um, not taller than him, but bigger than him in stature. So it's like, bigger, you know, yes. like he's not going to body down a, a Boogie Cousins. He's not even going to body down a Draymond Green, you know. Um, That's why he settles for that little short corner fadeaway every single exactly. time. Exactly. And, and like you said, he doesn't have that. He needs that aggressiveness. He needs to have that. He's very lackadaisical. He has to have that killing instinct in order for him to. And AKA, that's what Julius Randle developed last year, yes. you know. So yes. it's like... <laughs> Julius Randle started banging. Like, he was banging in the paint. He put on weight and was banging. Like, that's what you need. You need that. And it's like, we just let him go. We're like, nah, it's cool. Michael Beasley's going to fill in your spot, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because he was trying to get paid. He was like, I better show out because I know these motherfuckers. But he's still showing. He's still yeah, showing. Yeah, yeah, but he only made $9 million this because, year. Because because he can play. Yeah, he's, he's yeah. good. And what, what did he – what? How what uh, <laughs> kind of contract did he sign? Did he just sign a one year over there? It was a one one and one with a player option, so it's basically a one year deal. Yeah, so they bet. Yeah, I mean, if I was the Lakers, I would hope that you know what I'm saying, be like, hey, no harm done. Yeah. <laughs> hey man, just hey, just kidding. We want you now. We were just playing before. It was April Fools. You wasn't supposed to leave. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you gotta you gotta think. Julius Randle last season led our lead, led our team in points rebounds and field goal percentage and we were just like all right deuces we'll see half of that <laughs> I, I i really believe that half of that was his his agent and rob Palinka are like bitter enemies so his agent was also the agent for d'angelo russell who was also the agent agent for pg-13 right so once they traded away d'angelo i think randall was leaving no matter what because his agent 
was not going to let him stay on a Rob Palenka team. True. True. Yeah, I can't argue that. Even that one, we handled that one wrong. The D'Angelo Russell and Swaggy P. Yeah. We just we've been handling, uh, you know, um, quite a it's one mistake yeah. after another. Yeah, we've handled quite a few things wrong, and and especially because we're the Lakers, it's that much more magnified, you know. Um, God, it, it 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 really feels like we're turning into the Clippers. Like that's that's how bad it's been the last six years. Like we're doing everything wrong, and they're doing everything right. It's like a role reversal. I'll, I'll never, I'll never feel that. <laughs> I mean, hey, the, hey, whoa, hey, the Clippers whoa, got Soldier Boy, Young Draco to perform at their halftime show, bro. <laughs> 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 he, hey, he had the comeback year last year, if you didn't know. <laughs> yes, he did. Yes, he showed up fresh out of jail to perform at the state. The police Center. brought him in. We seen it. the Clippers. Yeah, but okay. So yeah. even that, what do you guys think about um, what do you guys think about the 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 Doc Rivers rumors? Do you think that they will try to make a run at Doc Rivers? No, uh, no, because he's, oh, he's signed yeah. yeah, he already signed his extension. Yeah, he's he's already signed. Uh, he's, done. he's done. So now we're stuck with Juwan Howard or Ty Lue. No, Mark Jackson. You know, uh, Mark Jackson may be a good possibility too. I mean, no, no, I'm just I, I got through everybody out there, so I mean, I would, I would even try to go, you know, saying, try to holler at Jeff Van Gundy, see if he can get him away from the. But he's got a, he got such a yeah. good job over there, you know. I wouldn't want to see him taken off. But you, like, it was saying, like, we need somebody that's gonna not be a yes man to LeBron, somebody that's gonna be like, look, you're leaving in a couple years, we have to develop this team. Who the fuck is getting out? <laughs> I was opening my garage. My bad. Hey, hey, hey. It's unfiltered right now. So deal with it, bro. Unfiltered. I got to park my car. To... So you know what? I'm taking the listeners with we're gonna me. Have to... We're going to have to have the producer edit that out. It's <laughs> <laughs> unfiltered ice. Unfiltered ice. <laughs> now, we know Jay's got that nice filter in his, uh, in his refrigerator. He's got that Brita. Oh, yeah. We're over here drinking. All right, water. so look, let's just let's just let's just cut to the chase now, because I know Roger Williams <laughs> talked about this because he thinks that Kobe's the goat. So oh. let's just go into the goat conversation. Oh now. yeah, you know where I was at. That's all I was thinking about right now. I had to get myself prepared for it. I'm gonna let you guys go ahead and talk while I get myself mentally prepared and listen to Jay's bambling bullshit about how LeBron James is the goat. Oh. Go ahead. Go, so, go ahead, Jay. The goat is obviously Michael Jordan. You know, with with new evidence comes new information. New evidence. New evidence of, <laughs> of, of seeing LeBron up close all year, and really seeing the way that he doesn't play defense and doesn't make his teammates better, and doesn't help lift up the young kids. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna go back to Michael Jordan. I mean, that's that's just it is what it is. Sorry, Kobe fans, but that that's just how it's got to be. Um, I'm kind of torn. I'm always like a 1A, 1B type, um, just because I did grow up in both those eras in the Jordan and Kobe era. Um, I'm a huge Kobe fan mentality-wise. Like, Kobe's killer mentality is, like, it's unmatched. But then again, Kobe studied Jordan. So it's like you studied the great, 
to be the great. I don't know. I'm one of those people. One of those people that's like sometimes the student can't surpass the teacher, but sometimes the student can just get on the same level as the teacher. Um, and that's what like that's kind of mm. where I'm at because it's hard for me because like this this is why I, this is why I won't put LeBron in that conversation. Not to mention the fact you know him not you know winning titles or whatever being what is he three and eight in the finals. Not to mention that fact, because just getting to the finals that many times, uh, but Jay just, get, did. just getting to the finals Jay that did. many times is a feat in itself, right? Like, that's a hard thing to do. But <laughs> at the same time, um, LeBron wanted to be Jordan, right? That's who his idol was. That's who he wanted to be. Kobe wanted to surpass Jordan. That's where I give Kobe that edge to, because Kobe didn't want to be Jordan. Kobe wanted to surpass Jordan. Why he went to the number 24. I'm going to be one better than you. You know what I'm saying? So when you have that type of mentality and it's like, you're, I'm not going to settle until I'm better than you, like that's a whole different type of mentality. And especially on a player with his his caliber, you know, that type of caliber player. Um, so I always got to go 1A and 1B. But, you know, I mean, it's hard to say because, I mean, that's our era. So it's like if you're talking to an old head, they're going to tell you where none of them were better than Kareem. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it's like – Nobody was better than Wilt. Like, it just depends on who you're talking to and what area you're talking into. And that's why it's always a great discussion, because it's always opinion-based. I, I, after this season, I 100% agree with you. Roger? So you thought, so you thought LeBron before this season? Again, just to clarify, because in the beginning of the season... We did argue. Just make this clear. You thought LeBron was. I still don't agree with that. And we argued. And I told you, and I told you Kobe was. You told. Well, okay, you will. Okay. Point (laughs) proven. Like I said, sometimes people are wrong. And obviously, we knew you were wrong in the beginning of this conversation. Well, at the time, I argued I was wrong. So you still may be wrong with with the new evidence. Michael Jordan. Like I said. So again, with that. Newfound evidence. I now have a new case to argue. (laughs) So the, the new founded evidence. Okay. Yeah. That that Michael Jordan I mean, that came out of close. retirement. It's like you know, oh hey, became uh, better than LeBron this season. It looks it looks good from far away, but when you get up close, it's not it's not as, <laughs> it's not as shiny. Yeah. yeah. Sounds good. <laughs> oh, far from good, but good from far. <laughs> yeah, I get it. Well, I mean, like I said, I'm still gonna stand strong. My decision is not gonna waver. I, I'm Kobe all day, every day, greatest of all time. I mean, it, it goes undisputed. I mean, you can't argue that point. I mean, you can always go back to you know Michael Jordan, but like Josh said, I mean, it's an era thing, and I mean, we were blessed to grow up in both, and we got to see Michael Jordan perform, and oh my God, and in our generation the next best the next best person is you know was Shaq you know Allen Iverson all these different players and then we get young Kobe Bryant are you kidding me you know game one come out blowing free throws you know who would have thunk it best fucking player of all time goat I I I I just can't be convinced otherwise yeah, and I said, and that's the good thing about yeah, this, which is like, you know, there's nothing more to say about that. These arguments are always going to be opinion based. 
they're never going to be statistically based because if they are statistically based, then you're going to have to go. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You're not going to go with who you thought it was, you know. Um, But there's going to be people from that era, that Bill Russell era, that Julius Irving era, Irving era, like that are just going to tell you like that. I don't care who came after them. That's going to be the best player ever. And that's how we're going to be. And we're going to be partial, too, because we're Laker fans. So I was going to be partial to Kobe, you know? So that's a, that's another thing that plays a huge factor into it. Um, I will tell you, though, LeBron might not be ever – he'll never be the GOAT. But as far as an influential player, I think he'll go down as one of the most influential players that ever played the game. Um, you know? And that's that. Hey, that's great in itself. Oh, definitely. It's like there's, he literally started. What uh, he started, he he created things for people. He let people pick and choose where they wanted to go. You know, he brought that to the game, and that always go down as a great. Hey, thanks everyone for listening to our new rebranded, relaunched podcast, Lakers Unfiltered. You can find us on Twitter at Laker Unfiltered or on Instagram at Lakers Unfiltered. Um, either way, hit us up. Let us know what you thought about the show. We'd love to hear your feedback. All right, see you guys next week. Thanks for listening.